coming to get you, Barbara. Here's some money. Go see a Star Wars. But I'm trying, Ringo. I'm trying real hard to be the shepherd. Welcome back to Long Walk Talks. My name is David Hensley. I'm the owner and creative director of Long Walk Productions, and I am joined today, as always, by my two co-hosts, Stan Wilson-Lee. Hello. And Chris Wilson-Barnes. No, 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 Nolan. I love it. Well, Chris, thank you for that opening. Uh, today, we are going to be continuing our Christopher Nolan. It is not cold. cold. You keep your lizard ass over there and shiver the whole time. I want the audience to hear your teeth chattering. It is 77 degrees in our building right now, so I turned the AC on. Below. Oh, my God. Zero. Today, we are going to be continuing our Christopher Nolan filmography discussion with the Dark Knight trilogy. Uh, yes, we did go out of order a little bit because this came out. Or, I'm sorry. Batman Begins came out before the Prestige but I want to talk about oh, it these been, it as a been, trilogy. Yeah, it would have been dumb to start with Batman Begins, jump to the prestige, and then like, well, now picking up in the Dark Knight. Yeah. So. <laughs> Although that would have been <laughs> would have been really funny to me, just pretend the prestige was part of it. Yeah. Just, yeah. <clears throat> the distant history. So we asked a lot of, uh, you know, deep philosophical questions in both Memento and... Uh, the prestige and there's going to be a lot of that to come with films like interstellar and inception and tenet these three films not quite so deep and philosophical so i've got a couple of uh, very easy kind of softball questions for us to discuss and then i've got the mystery question and so we're going to start out very simple uh stan hmm. of the three films which one do you personally think is the best and why? The Suicide Squad. No, just kidding. Um, uh, I like. I, I'm just going to say it. Uh, uh, Batman Begins, uh, the first one in the trilogy, um, because of its freshness and its redefinition of the superhero film and what a superhero film can represent on the big screen or in <clears throat> cinema as a whole, because. Am I wrong? Or it predated pretty much everything else, right? Uh, the first, the first in this trilogy, uh, Batman Begins. It, yes, it Batman Begins. It does predate like the other movies in the trilogy. True. No, no. The, <laughs> yes, it predates Iron, Iron Man, Man by and, about three and, by three years. Yeah. yeah okay. Um, uh, so, in the sense that it kind of established that it can be done and it can be done well, and um, you said something that is not very philosophical and stuff like that. That is not too over your head and, and everything, but but in the sense of what is presented thematically, um, especially as it goes on, even into the Bane stuff and the third one, and Rise Dark Knight Rises, but uh, I think even in Batman Begins, you know the 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 everlasting questions of man versus evil and man versus themselves, and you know and their. Uh, uh, Thank you for that, Chris. <laughs> I'm sorry, I did not mean for that to get on mic. No, that's okay. Uh, the 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 search for um, good and truth, um, I think, is very well explored in, in the series as a whole. But I think it with Batman Begins, it established that 
superhero movies can be really great thought-provoking cinema as well <clears throat> yeah yeah I'm, I'm not trying to say that there's not a lot of uh deep questions and deep philosophy at play with these three films. I'm just saying that in comparison to the other ones like The Prestige and Memento that we've just covered so far and with the ones that we have to go, this is kind of... uh, It was a break for him. (laughs) Sort of, yeah. I mean, yeah, we'll we'll talk about that a little more as we go on. But Chris, uh, of the three films, which one is your favorite and why? Uh, Well, uh, I will say uh, mine is Dark Knight Rises. Uh, because the, I mean, a lot of times, I mean, if you're watching something like a trilogy, the best part for me is seeing the conclusion. I want to see how it ends, uh, and I think they did a good job. Uh, I liked it a lot, but I mean, one, well, I'm, I sort of burned out on the Dark Knight because when it came out, I ended up seeing it like four different times that year, and I've seen it, you know, like over the years intervening. Uh, so while it's a great movie, I've seen it. Yeah, <laughs> and. Um, Batman Begins, as good as it is, will always, will always, as it goes along, just be me going, get in the costume. Get in the costume. Yeah. Be Bat- begin Batmaning already. Yeah. That's fair. Um, wow, I did not expect this uh, for each one of us to have a different answer. Mine is The Dark Knight. There we go. And when Stan and I were talking about this last week, I, was, I, I told him my favorite was begins and that we were on the same page with that one. And when I rewatched the trilogy, when I watched begins, I was like, God, this is so fucking good. This is as good as I remember it being uh, in 2005. And then I watched the dark Knight over the weekend and I was like, fuck, it's true. This one is better. It Um, is great. It's a great movie. It really is. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot more at play plot wise in dark Knight, And the, the last, 30 minutes of that film is always going to be like and i mean there has to be because i mean since it's in that trilogy it's basically the second act of the whole thing so yeah yeah Um, and heath ledger and heath ledger i mean uh, yeah we'll get well again i don't (laughs) want to bury the lead on a lot of these topics it's very easy to do with a discussion like this but chris you actually reminded me there was one there was a a topic that i wanted to include that i forgot to put on the list Mm -hmm. um how many times did you guys see each of these movies in the theater? Stan, how many times did you see Begins, Dark Knight, and Dark Knight Rises? I'm trying to think. Um, Begins, I didn't see in the theater. Dark Knight, I probably saw twice. And then um, <clears throat> I didn't see uh, Rises Rises in the theater. Chris, I know you said you saw Rises four times. No, 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 not Rises. Dark Knight. Oh, okay. Um, Begins, one. Uh, Dark Knight, I want to say at least four. Because I went... I know I went with at least three other people. Um, and then uh, Rises was two. Okay. Because you and I saw it, and then we saw it again with Stan. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so you I, did I see did Rises. I did see Rises. Yeah. You did. did yeah. Because yeah. you were with us. It's okay. I forgot about that, too. Uh, I saw each of these films Maybe four I times. Uh, I was so smitten with Batman Begins that I, I think I went with a girlfriend to see it. I took my mom to see it. I went and saw it at least once by myself, and then I went and saw it with my friend Nick. Uh, the summer of 2008, when The Dark Knight came out, if you weren't going to see The Dark Knight multiple times, you were an outlier. <laughs> As an aside, um, just kind of a tangent, the entire movie summer of 2008 is one of the best I've ever it seen. It really I is. I agree. 
I agree. Wally, Iron Man, Tropic Thunder, Tropic Thunder. Yeah, that was a Dark great Knight. summer. Uh, yeah, just all over. It, just, it was all over a great summer. And then yeah, Dark Knight Rises four times also. So, yeah, I am a nerd, and I. Sp- it is one of the. I, I, it is one of the great, at least my favorite, one of my favorite uh, series or trilogies of movies that I, and especially it being now, mm-hmm. where I'm kind of a fan of earlier stuff, you know, 70s, 80s stuff, but but in the sense that it's so modern and it's so redefining, it is definitely one of my, f- if not my favorite uh or second favorite behind the Lord of the Rings, of course, but uh, uh, favorite trilogies, movie series of all, of a, a long time, a long time. One of the things that's very unique about it is the fact that um, it's, I mean, it's essentially since it's its own separate continuity from everything else, Nolan tells a complete story and Bruce Wayne gets closure at the end. He does. He, yeah. Nolan successfully did something that, no other writer, no other Batman storyteller, I think, has ever done, as far as I'm aware. Now, like, I know Frank Miller tried to put a button on the story with uh, The Dark Knight Returns, but then he immediately went and undid that. Not immediately, like 16 years later, with The Dark Knight Strikes Again. Mm-hmm. But no one, and again, I'm not a comic book expert, so I could be wrong, but I don't think anyone's ever explored the idea of Bruce actually retiring and getting to live happily ever after no there were a lot of uh in the world's finest series there was always those imaginary stories where he ends up having a kid and passes the mantle or stuff like that or there's the uh, batman beyond where he does right yep but aside from that i mean that uh no no they don't really explore it too much because you know you got the batman with the gray hair which could be the earth 2 batman or whatever you know but the idea that he's been around for a long time and he hasn't found a way to get out of it well it's just kind of the accepted canon that he just kind of would never right and I agree with you. It, the The completion of his arc is great. Now, my problem with that is these films are so good that I wish it hadn't been three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I kind of wish there had been a film between each of them. Sure. Um, you know, between Begins and Dark Knight and then a film between Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises. It just... Maybe, and again, it's because I watched all three films in less than a week, but they just go by so fast, (laughs) even at the length that they're at. I really, I would love to see more of Nolan's Bat universe. And I really would have liked to see more of Batman Begins Gotham when it was seedier and uh, grittier than by the time we get to the Dark Knight when it actually just looks like a big metropolitan city again. Eh, I mean... I, I I always I always enjoy the, the, about superhero movies the part where the superheroing happens more often. Uh, I I know a lot of people love the ground level stuff, and I know I know you guys are fans of Gotham. And it's just I I enjoy the the more the bigger part of it. Yeah, not to fair. say the street level stuff can't be fun because Spider Man is street level. Yeah, but I'm not as into it. That's fair. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to lob another uh, softball question. Hey, you guys, one of the most talked about and probably the easiest answer uh, of all of these discussion topics. of the Out of the three films, which villain 
is the best. And we're going to keep it specifically to like the villain of the story because each one has a couple of uh, smaller ones there as well. So, so Scarecrow, Joker, Bane? Well, I was going to go Roz. Oh, Ra- oh that, I'm sorry. Yeah, Roz right. al Ghul, Roz, Joker, Joker, Bane. Bane. Stan? I I mean, he he defined it. He re- uh, redefined and then de- defined it. Uh, Heath Ledger's Joker. I mean, I was wondering if you were actually going to say who you were talking about, if you were just or if you were just going to keep saying redefined. <laughs> but no, I mean he 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 turned it in, and he made it an operatic performance. He made it a you know I mean it's just it's just a classic piece of it's it, it's a it's a film school. I mean, it's an acting school performance. You know, it's like, you want to see a great performance? Watch that, you know, watch that Joker performance. Um, and, it, it, yeah, it, it's it's hands down for me. Um, even though I like Begins as a film as the best, but, yeah, Joker, Heath Ledger's Joker is the best villain of the group. Chris, what do you think? Uh, I'll give Joker the edge because it, it is a great performance. I just I would say like number two right below. I think Tom Hardy does so good as Bane um, that it, I mean it's overshadowed a bit by following Joker. Um, yeah, that it's such a hard act to follow. But I mean they do such a they do so well with the character, and they showcase. I mean they don't really. I mean they can't really showcase the. You know, he uses Venom to jack himself up and, and wreck, wreck havoc that way. But they also they do a good job of showcasing just how smart he is in the, mm-hmm. from the comics as well. And how he outthought Batman at every turn in Nightfall. I think I'm going to be the outlier here and go with Bane's apple box. <clears throat> uh, because Tom Hardy is so much shorter <laughs> than everybody else in the movie. Yeah. Uh, no, it's hard. Uh, well, it's, how tall is Tom Hardy? He's, he's like average height, isn't he? Uh, yeah. Like, yeah, I just know that, that a lot of work went into making him look bigger, right, especially because right. um, I know Bale's over six foot. So yeah, and I cannot remember the name of the actor that plays Daggett in Rises, but that scene where Bane just towers over yeah. him, I know that he's on an apple box. <laughs> uh, no, I want to be contrarian, but I, I got to say Joker. Yeah, uh, people have been talking about Heath Ledger's Joker. I, I was going to say for the last 13 years since it came out in 08, but people have been talking about it since he was announced in 2007. Yes. Well, I mean, initially it was, why why the hell did they pick him? And then it finally gave way into, wow, he's great. I, I still distinctly remember uh, fall or winter 2007 when they released the, the very first Dark Knight trailer. Mm-hmm. And you got to see Heath Ledger as the Joker and hear the voice and hear the laugh. And everyone was like, oh, okay, I see it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they were very unsure, um, and and not to not to downplay. Uh, I forgot his name. Uh, Liam Neeson as as Roz, Ra- Roz or Rachel Ghoul. Um, yeah, but, we're going to use the film's pronunciation since we're discussing those, and right. not get into a, a debate on how to pronounce Arabic uh, it names. It depends on what show, honestly. What it version does. of Batman? Gotham goes with Raish. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think the games go with Raish there, but I but on the animated series from the '90s, it was Roz. Yeah, um, but it's it's hard to say that 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 villain outshines a lot of people because even in the comics, or a lot of time he's 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 the man in the shadows most of the time. He's yeah. the guy pulling strings, and then he shows up later to gloat and be ha ha, I got you good. Um, 
Yeah, and and begins Roz is only a presence for half of the movie, and you only know him as Roz for a quarter of the movie. Yeah, he shows up at the beginning Act Three to reveal that he's Roz, and up until that point, you thought he was somebody, you know, a completely different character. You thought the mob or Scarecrow was going to be the villain of the film. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it was a great reveal, but it's hard to give. Uh, Liam Neeson the edge here just because he got to spend so little time as right, that kind of right. character yeah all right let's see if I want to go into another softball one or uh, yeah I do and then we're going to hit get the the hard-hitting one okay um out of the three films what was the best action sequence because this trilogy has some truly incredible sequences in it Stan what do you think is the best one? I have a tie, and they're both from uh, Dark Knight. Um, uh, the first, well, I guess it would be second confrontation, but but uh, uh, when the when the uh, tanker truck is flipped, yes, the eighteen wheeler, the eighteen wheelers flipped, and and uh, uh, so the sequence leading up to that, and then that happening, and but the what really gets me about that scene is when it. Sorry, Chris, but when it grounds itself again and Joker falls out of the truck. That's not, I mean, that's not something uh, I'm upset about. You know, and and, um, and it and he just walks towards the, the bat, uh, I don't even know what it's. The uh, bat pod. The bat pod. He walks Always, the, I thought, the weirdest name for that vehicle. <laughs> the bat cycle. It's just And so now it's cla- the cat cycle. The, so. well, yeah. <laughs> the but, bat pod is his music listening to life. Yeah. yeah, exactly. When they announced that that's what that was called, I was like, Bat cycle, bat cycle, whatever bat-sickle. you. He's had, he's canonically had a bat cycle. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, the wh- bat pod. What as, the hell is that? As joke, I mean, he's limping it's and it's like garbage. you know he's in pain, but he's not bothered by it, and he's just like, come on, come on, hit me, hit me. Hit he me. demonstrates why good trigger discipline is important yes. when he stumbles and just shoots a shoots a person <laughs> to the ground. Yes, and um, and he's using the he's basically using the shotgun as a cane to get him through, and it's a really great physical performance on his part but then the look that christian bale's batman has on on the bat pot as he's as he like decide and then he decides to go after him and and uh heath ledger's joker's like come on hit me hit me i want you to do it i want you to do it because you know the thing is that he's not afraid of death because he wants to die you know and that that's his whole purpose that's his purpose is to be ended and uh nobody can do it yet and he's like come on you can do it you can do it and then last, literally the last moment and the timing of, of this moment, it's like, he's going to hit him. And then he just like jumps himself off the bike and lets the bike go around. And, and just the disappointment Joker has. The fact is, that he turns around and looks and mouths, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like the only use of the F word in the entire trilogy. And it's not even said out loud. He just mouths, fuck. It is so fun. Uh, and then again later in the film, the uh, SWAT team uh-huh. uh, 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 raid on the building where they yes. think they have the doctors as hostages from Joker's team, and, and they have to figure out the whole switcheroo. Again, we're not spoiling anything. If you haven't seen it since 2008, then you know you're probably. Not yeah, I'm really it, bad about this. I always mean to say things like. You know, at the top of every episode. The, at this point, these these movies, especially Dark Knight, is so steeped in pop yep, culture yep. consciousness yep. that you, even if you haven't seen the movie, you've absorbed a good yep. bit of yeah, it. Yeah, I wanted to say that at the top. That's why we're not giving, uh, you, you know, 
uh, plot beat, descriptions beat beat, yeah. yeah or anything like that we're we're just assuming that you've seen these films if you're listening they're to classics this, if you're they're listening classics. to this podcast you've seen these movies anyway sorry yeah, yeah um and the whole raid on on this building to get to save these hostages and you know batman's the the new contraption whatever that the bat wing uh that he flips open and to fly into the into the building um which leads to the uh no i guess that's before it um lucius is next where he where he's feeding him intel where he's feeding him an intel but uh when he has the plane uh take him out the oh tail yeah hook that's that's moment. the tail hook is much earlier in the film uh, yes yes but uh uh so yeah the the swat raid on the um hotel the the climax the yeah. right before um because because the best fight scene i believe is between joker and batman at the end uh when right before they do the whole blowing up of the boats but uh uh leading up to that the that the SWAT team raid that's a brilliant brilliant sweet sequence of events Chris what do you think uh well I really I think it should stand really illustrated I think the Dark Knight had the most like action set pieces out of yeah. all the movies and I and I think that's how what he, what makes it take like the best I think there's so many to choose from that are good. I think the ones I like that, well, one, the highway chase is probably the best overall, just pure action. Um, but I really like the opening with the bank robbery. Yeah. The, yes. Yeah. I, I it sets up. It sets up in a in a very interesting way. You know, what Batman's going to be dealing with in terms of the Joker and mm-hmm. how he operates. And then the other one, again, Joker-wise, is the hospital. Yeah. That, that's four great that, moments because that's yeah. just yeah well this the the triggering of the bomb is just a, a very good it's action. classic yeah. it's become a, a classic moment him stopping the glitch yeah <laughs> which people insist to this day uh that was actually an outtake that they they put in the movie and it really didn't go off no that's that was absolutely part of the script if those if those bombs had not gone off when he pressed the button they would have immediately called cut and evacuated everyone because those were live explosions right exactly i think i think the only thing they did was just not tell him exactly when they were going off. yeah which made him improvise a little bit yeah which is great because you just see that impulsiveness as he's just pushing the button trying to and then turning and hauling ass oh god (laughs) it's the only time you see joker get startled um Yeah, I got to go, much like Stan said, with the SWAT team takedown at the end of Dark Knight. The the last half hour of that movie is a perfect 10. Everything from the Joker's announcement uh, about the bridge, bridges and the tunnels to loading the people and the prisoners on the boat. Everything from then on is just, in my opinion, sheer genius. But for me, if I ever get the budget and the crew and the script together to do a sequence half as good as everything that takes place in that tower. Once Batman glides in uh, from realizing that he, the Joker has tricked the police. He's disguised the, uh, the hostages as clowns and he's Mm -hmm. disguised his people as the hostages to having to take down two full floors of SWAT team members. And that sequence has something that, 
no other Batman film has, which is truly the, what the hell is Batman doing? Mm -hmm. Because at first you have no idea why he's using that little sticky bomb gun. And then you have no idea why he's clipping cords to all these SWAT team members until he blows out the floor above him and then knocks them all over the side tied together. That that sequence just beginning to end is sheer brilliance in my mind. Um, so now that we've got the uh, the softball questions out of the way, it's time for what I dubbed the mystery question. Uh, there's been a lot of controversy in the last year and a lot of talk of canceling things and people. Mm-hmm. And it was about this time last year that there was a very reactionary response to... A lot of different programs, like the talk of canceling Brooklyn Nine-Nine, because it was about police officers. and Well, I think the problem was it was, well, people threw around the term copaganda because it yeah. was a positive look at police officers. Yes. People were talking about canceling The Punisher because a bunch of right-wing, or the, the alt-right has adopted the skull uh, emblem for their own usage, negating, or I'm sorry, discounting the fact that in the comic books, the Punisher routinely goes after white supremacists and dirty cops. <laughs> and, on the, and, and on top of that, they have made it clear in the comics, like they made it clear via an issue where the co- where he was met, he saw some cops and was like, hey, we're on your side. And he's like, you shouldn't be. Right. I'm doing something horrible. And if I find out you're imitating me, I'm coming after you. He, right. That's what he literally says. So a lot of people started saying, uh, why why is Batman still so popular? Uh, Bruce Wayne is a generic, white, rich protagonist. And there's a lot to unpack there, but we're not going to discuss that. Here's what uh, I want to ask the two of you. Mm-hmm. Why aren't billionaires doing more? Stan. Why aren't billionaires doing more? Yeah. This sounds like a cut. Like a question I asked you, um, uh, and that's the thing with Bruce Wayne is that he knows his billions are not the result of just him. That if it's not for the people he's supposed to protect, he doesn't have those billions. I mean, yes, he's inherited it from his father, but his father also knew. Um, so the. You know, billionaires should be doing more. And it's like it's like the Bezos is like, why are you going to space when you can just you can heal the world here by, you know, maybe paying your workers more or, you know, it's like uh, maybe get them health care and they'll come back to work and, you know, help you make more money and you can help more people. You know, you don't have to go to space. Uh, Branson, on the other hand, is maybe doing what the billionaires are supposed to do He's like, yes, his. But he's already helped his people here. He's opening up space and the and the idea that we can continue as a people, not as his group of people, but as a people as a whole to further on into space. So, um, and Branson's responsible for the Virgin shit. So it's like um, that's been that's been for the people for a long time do you want to elaborate for our listeners what the virgin shit is (laughs) the virgin uh empire you know virgin airlines virgin records you know it's like um i mean he started out as a music executive Mm -hmm. um and was was producing acts that nobody wanted to produce you know because they weren't commercially 
viable. So he was, you know, he was there at the beginning to launch acts that were not being launched. Um, so his idea is what I think Bezos should be doing. Um, why are billionaires not doing more? Because uh, they think their stockholders are smart. And it's like, you know, you don't want to upset your stockholders because that'll be bad. I mean, it's just like, you know, why the why Roger Smith decided to go against the union in General Motors when for years his family had been supported by the union and it had been built up by the union and they w- were being fairly decent, you know, in General Motors. And, and then Roger Smith comes in and totally, totally infiltrates the union and turns the union into nothing but management proxies you know so it's like um i i you know i i I, it's like they're billionaires for a reason and they have the capability of and the uh potential to do great but i mean unless you're uh uh bill gates and his ex-wife you know who are doing more who are doing great you know it's like why can't they be more like them Chris, what do you think? Why aren't billionaires doing more? I don't understand the question. I mean, honestly, they've taken all their hard-earned money and they've <laughs> they've made uh, dick-shaped rockets to penetrate the cosmos with. What more do you want? That should have been. You know what? I hadn't answer. thought about that. You are absolutely right. They have earned every dollar they spend on those penis rockets. Yeah. You know who's done the most with Jeff Bezos' money? His ex-wife. Yeah. She's been a mega th- philanthropist with his money and was apparently the only good thing about him because yeah. once he lost her, uh, he's just been going full ex Luther. And he looks like him too. I agree. I agree. Yeah, yeah because got... that's that's the problem with reality. We don't get Bruce Wayne who actually gives a shit. And is more and wants to a help Gotham by dressing up as a Batman and beating up you know super vil- super villains. He also takes his money and invests it well to help people and the city that he loves. Mm-hmm. We get Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk yeah. and the third one. I don't remember his name. Is it Richard Branson? I don't care. But <laughs> but uh, and and Bruce's consideration of his people, you know, like the Lucius Foxes and, and, you know, the people like that he works with, he has a legitimate caring for the people that are there that are allowing him to do what he's able to do. You know, it's like the great um, thing about fiction is you get to give billionaires a soul. Yeah, exactly. I mean, rises outright mentions two very good points. One, which is that Bruce sunk at half of his fortune which he has established as a multi-billionaire, so at least a billion dollars into the clean energy project that he then shelved because it was too dangerous. But Alfred also makes a good point in Rises, which is he doesn't have to be Batman to help the city. He could be investing those billions of dollars into other ways of stopping crime. Also true, but that doesn't soothe the PTSD that riddles his life. And, it's and, true. And it's because at that point, um, there's just, at the point, there's just too much corruption. So that's, and this is what Alfred says that, yes, they needed you at the beginning. Hence, Batman Begins. It's like the police weren't doing it on their own because they were in the pocket. That's why they called it Begins. <laughs> Holy shit. I'm so sorry, Steve. Continue. 
Oh, I broke him. All right. <laughs> that they the police were in the pockets of the mob, so it's like, uh, and because he was who he was, and he had the, and the thing is, he also had the advantage of he went east. Right. He went and took gave himself a self exile after his parents were murdered, um, and Alfred waited for him, and and we find out that Alfred didn't want him to come back. Yeah, it's like because he had nothing in Gotham. But the thing is. He went out and got an Eastern religion, yeah. you know, and uh, so... Let's call it an Eastern philosophy. An Eastern, I wouldn't so much I, say I, that Bruce I, I, took up an Eastern I, religion. Eastern philosophy. So The amazing like, thing when he comes back and commits to being Batman is in the sh- few short years he's doing it, he's absolutely revolutionizing the city. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. The six months <clears throat> that he's doing it. Yeah. Um, all right, so it's been a popular joke for a long time now. There are X number of billionaires in the world, and not one has become Batman or sometimes Iron Man. Uh, come on, do better. Like, that's usually the format of the joke, right? So I decided to Google it. Uh, how many billionaires are there in the world? 2,755 billionaires for a total net worth of $13.1 trillion. Uh, the top five, Forbes' uh, top five billionaires list, Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, Bernard Ar- Arnault, I'm probably saying that right, or I'm sorry, I'm probably saying that wrong, Bill Gates, Mark Zuckerberg. Mm-hmm. Zuck found, uh, fell to the number five at some point. You can keep falling. Yeah. Uh, so why aren't billionaires doing more? Because we might as well be on a... Why do, they, why, why do more when they can get more? <laughs> yeah. Uh, we might as well be on another planet to them like these 2755 men and women are so far removed from the rest of us that why would they care to do more honestly like there are so few melinda gates's and whatever the hell jeff bezos's ex-wife's name is i I don't remember and that's you know what that's honestly a point in her favor too i don't know her name exactly but she's all but and she makes a point of not going out of her way to make sure people know yeah um yeah, wanted to throw that curveball at you. So I had nothing to do with the cancellation of police officers. That would have been a good question. What, why we should respect Jim Gordon and stuff? But so I had nothing to do with. That. I want to respect Jim Gordon, but it took him three <laughs> movies to the very end to figure it out. Bruce oh. Wayne. I, I remember leaning over to Dave and during that movie when he finally figures it out, and I said, "The last horse crosses the finish line." I know, Bruce poor Wayne? Jim. Poor Gordon. Jim Gordon. And yeah. he had like a super question mark at the end of it. Bruce, Bruce Wayne? Wayne? Um, yeah, the last person. Like all the major villains in that movie knew who Batman was. Yeah. He knew. Uh, fucking John Blake, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character, it figured it out on his own and has known. As a kid. He has known for the last eight years. So basically the entirety of his career. I'm sorry. So you you're, you you wanted this to be a discussion about uh, Gordon about our police corruption. Well, you brought up the whole controversy about the whole controversy about cancellation. Well, of- I brought that up because like uh, the the question of why is Batman still relevant when he's just another white or when he's just another rich white guy. You know, when the the question is. Uh, the the issue of Bruce being a rich white guy is a lot deeper than that. Like they make a joke about it frequently of Bruce's superpower is money. Well, it's also the multiple years of martial arts training and right. you know 
his detective skills and his well i mean even ben affleck talks about it you know it's like my superpower is that i can afford to be to do what i do yeah. you know it's like that i that i can have these gadgets and that i can uh, have a have a whole uh, r&d division at my disposal to create a car to create a plane to create suits and you know it's like um the idea but but he also knows i also had the ability to go away and train and become totally not dependent on outside of myself i can i can trust myself and i know i can trust myself so me getting a team together is almost beyond me but the idea that um yeah like you said it's like he's trained himself into a state of more than just a guy yeah chris what were you gonna say the, i mean the joke is and even batman jokes about it himself time to time is the money yes but really it is that his trauma has hurt him so much yes. that he has developed a superhuman focus yeah that whatever he's applying himself to he's going to make himself the best to further himself to to in order to wage his war on crime Except when it comes to women. And the, but, yeah, or he's going to fall apart completely for eight years. Look, it was very hurting. I Yes, it was. It was very hurtful for him to lose Rachel. I agree. Was it eight years? I mean, she done got blown up. She done got blown up. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. You mentioned, yeah. like, how many years... He was Batman, but it was specifically in the Nolan verse, he was Batman for all of six months. And then he quit for eight years. <laughs> and then he quit for eight years, came back for two nights, I think. Yeah. And then well, no, no, no. Was, five was, months later, came back for one day. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. He, it was, he, got, uh, he got, and see that, if I had a problem with the movies, it would have been Dark Knight's weird sense of time yeah. because it only took him, what, three and a half months to get his back repaired and it only took that guy punching his front. Oh, Dark Knight Rises? Yeah, Dark Knight yeah. Rises. Okay, the continuity of Dark Knight Rises drives me bonkers because one, okay, I get that we are dealing with some of the smartest characters in this universe mm-hmm. with Lucius Fox, with Dr. Pavel, with even Bane and how smart yeah. he yeah. and, uh, spoiler alert, Talia are. The fact that they were able to pinpoint down to the second when a nuclear reactor was going to implode. Keep the keep the thing moving. Keep like tr- okay, I can I can see boiling that down to like this could be even the best scientist would have a a, 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 re, a maybe a really good estimate, but an estimate. Yeah, like a seventy-two hour window. Yeah, not. The exact second. So there's that. We have 23 days. There's the fact that, yes, five months passed between Bane's takeover of the city and Bruce coming back finally as Batman and saving the day. We see very little of what happens during that five months. Um, there's also weird things like... The lights are still on. I'm going to put that, put that out there. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Uh it's also really bothered me during the stock exchange scene that it is full ass the middle of the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Like it is broad daylight when that scene begins. Bain and co are inside the stock exchange for, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and say a half hour. I would say half hour to an hour. Maybe an hour. Yeah. 
when they leave, it is still full ass daylight. When Batman arrives, it is dark. <laughs> that means the that, sun went down so fast. That means that the, <laughs> the time of day would have to be in late fall since it's on the East Coast. Because Gotham's always been an East Coast city. It has to be late fall on the East Coast, like, uh, and, in, and in, it would have to be somewhere around 5 to 6 p.m. when that starts. For it to have to start in pretty much broad daylight and then just be dark by then. And then that, that bomb, it, why didn't it explode the five on um, one of the times it hit the ground or hit a building or something like that but he was able to get it out over the ocean to blow yeah. it up i mean <laughs> no i'm sorry you just gave me exploded. you gave me the vision in my head of batman flying it out to see but he just he keeps hitting buildings with it bang, bang, bang. i mean yeah <laughs> um, oops 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 because because jgl is like it's happening it's happening pushes the kids and but then he just he, just flies right over them. Yeah, I mean, he does kind of bonk the nuclear reactor into <laughs> several times. The first time he pulls it out of the truck, it just a blamp. What if that had been the end? Like, <laughs> I mean, everyone see, dies, but at least the bad guys lose. It rolls off the back of the truck, smack dab. Bruce and Gordon and Selena look at it for a few seconds. Oops. Smoke starts coming out of the top. You, just, you hear the Batman voice, oops. And then, like, from a distance, you just see a mushroom cloud of Gotham. And JGL's like, oh, it happened. And then it jump cuts to Christopher Nolan giving you the middle finger. Huh. <laughs> We that haven't we talked went, about Alfred though. We haven't talked about Michael Caine and Alfred in any way. So I was like, I was sort of hoping that was your mystery question, but <laughs> mystery question: How great is Michael Caine? How great is Michael Caine throughout every every film? Okay, he's Bruce, so integral. This iteration of Bruce Wayne truly did not deserve Alfred. <laughs> I agree. Like the world does not deserve Michael Caine's Alfred. Um. Yeah, he's he's one of the best parts of every movie. From him casually hitting a League of Shadows member over the head with a golf club and saying, oh, I hope he's not a member of the fire brigade. <laughs> I, I think Alfred is probably the only person besides Bruce to successfully take down a League of Shadows yeah. member. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, he's brilliant. And, and uh, Morgan Freeman, too. Morgan Freeman's fantastic. Um, but there's a moment, there's this... Some, I, you know, I've been talking about the uh, Dark Knight and Batman Begins being my favorite of the three and Dark Knight having the best villain and stuff. But Dark Knight uh, Rises might have the best Alfred stuff in the sense. His, oh, yeah. His breakup, his breakup speech with Bruce at the first third of the movie. And then when he comes back for the funeral um, of Bruce and he just like just falls apart at the parents grave mm -hmm. which is right next to bruce's and and just like i failed you just just the and he's he, he's barely in rises but the idea that his his moments in rises are probably the most poignant of his appearances in the movies but the first two it's we were talking about quips earlier chris you know his quips in these movies are brilliant um his his relationship and his relationship with uh i don't know i don't know if it's something bale and kane developed together but the bruce and alfred relationship is just 
amazing. Well, I mean, the, the relationship has always been portrayed in the comics. As, well, not always, but modern parlance, it's a surrogate father, surrogate son. Yes. Yeah. And Alfred is definitely there to put a lid on, put a lid on it when Bruce gets goes, starts going yes. too far. Exactly. Yeah. And, and when to, he gets the note, when he gets the note from Rachel, mm-hmm. not to give this to Bruce. When he decides that he's going to burn it instead of give it to him. Yeah. And then he has to tell him about it. Yeah. It's great stuff. I do want to point out, talking about Morgan Freeman again, he's got one of my favorite line deliveries uh, in the whole trilogy in Rises when um, Bruce goes to see him in his office and uh, Fox is like, you know, there was a time where you'd come in here and you'd ask me for something crazy. And Bruce says, I'm retired. And there's a beat. And then Lucius Fox goes, well, why don't I just show you anyway? <laughs> for old times. Sake. Yeah, for old times' sake. I love that. I've always loved that line so much. He has that, and then um, the scene at the end of uh, Dark Knight where he puts his name into the, you know, to resign, and yeah. he puts his name into the the all-seeing visual board, and um, he totally oh, he knew I was going to do this, and yeah, and he doesn't say a word. Just this gets that Morgan Freeman mm-hmm. grin on his face, and then just turns around and walks out. You know, knowing that oh, this was the plan. Yeah, and I don't uh, have to retire. I don't have to retire. Yeah. Um. It. It. it, it the, the supporting all the supporting cast. Um. And we didn't. We didn't talk about uh, Aaron. Um. Uh. As Two Face. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Eckert. Aaron Eckert as Two Face. We didn't talk about uh, even Katie Holmes as the rate. Uh, Who. Katie Holmes? Who? Katie Holmes Cruz. Oh, no. I think you mean Maggie Gyllenhaal. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Maggie. You're talking about the Rachel, right? Yeah. Yeah. The Maggie original. Gyllenhaal. The original Rachel. No, I don't, I don't remember that. <laughs> wow. You didn't like Katie Holmes? <laughs> okay. She's fine. <laughs> but uh, um, I like they just do not acknowledge it whatsoever. Nope. That's my favorite part. <laughs> that, to the, that to the sh- point where Bruce has a framed photo of Rachel in, in Rises and it's Maggie Gyllenhaal and not Katie Holmes. But the, and Maggie, Maggie Gyllenhaal is like two feet taller it's than weird, Katie right, Holmes. Too. Yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, the supporting casts um, are just Killian brilliant. Murphy. Killian Murphy. Yeah. He and kills so, it. Somehow he, he appears in all three, doesn't he? Yeah, he's the only villain to appear in all three yeah, of them. Yeah. Um, brilliant. No, none of you took uh, took the time to appreciate my Killian Murphy kills I, a joke, and I'm really I, upset. I about just it. let it sit as it Me was because it was so too good. Me too. Thank you. Um, Thank you. So, so yeah, I, I I keep going back to these. Literally, are are acting school films. If you want, if you want to know what it I, is, I think and there was a little bit of pieces, yes. In terms of casting, I think there's a little bit of I've always wanted this actor. Uh, in a movie of mine because he cast Eric Roberts in, in Batman Begins yep. as, a, as a mobster. And in uh, the third one, Matthew Modine is yes. like, is he the police chief? I think he is, or he's high. Yeah. Up, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The chief of police. Yeah. I was just, I pulled I was, up the cast list. And I was like, I was just thinking about those earlier today. It was like, like those are like picks from like, you know, growing up in the eighties and being, you know, and being I a really movie goer. Wish list. Yeah. And I mean, the cast get progressively more impressive all the way up to Rises, yeah. which I I have pulled up here. Uh, of course, Christian Bale, Gary Oldman, Morgan Freeman, Michael Caine. about Gary Oldman. Rises also has Tom Hardy, yep. Anne Hathaway, yep. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Marion Cotillard, 
Matthew Modine, Ben Mendelsohn, Bern Gorman, Aiden Gillen, Nestor Carbonell returning again. Yes, as the mayor. Brett Cullen. That's who I was trying to think of as uh, the congressman mm-hmm. uh, who would later go on to play uh, Thomas Wayne in Joker, mm. the, uh, the Joaquin right. Phoenix Joker. That is right. Okay. Yeah. Now I know her. Uh, and because Katie and I love her so much in the show Ted Lasso, uh, Rises also has Juno Temple, who, who's just hilarious and lovely. Who who does she play in? Uh, she is Selena's friend. Friend, yeah. The the, the little, uh, yes, the little yes, blonde. Yes, uh, and and I and I can't believe. Well, we haven't talked about Anne Hathaway, and um, if you've listened to this podcast before, you know I have my issues with Anne Hathaway. All because of and, one fucking well, All movie. because of one movie. And you and have sworn l- off everyone involved with the movie Rachel getting married. Anne Hathaway is brilliant as Selena Kyle slash Catwoman in and rises. And uh, she she's really great. Um, you're gonna let you're and, gonna let Michael Caine have a pass on Jaws four, but you're gonna keep holding holding Anne Hathaway's feet to the fire. For Rachel getting Rachel getting married forever, huh? Well, which this Michael Caine a... wasn't he wasn't all of Jaws four, you know he was the fun part of Jaws four. Uh, Anne Hathaway was not fun in <laughs> Rachel. His, his filmography may have more stinkers um, than Anne's made movies. I I do have I don't have a hate for Jonathan Demme. You know I do hate him for making that movie. I don't have a hate for most of the rest of the cast in that movie. Uh, but, but I do have you know I I I, I do not like Anne Hathaway in that movie. But all right, we're not talking about the but, Rachel getting married cinematic but universe. Selena Kyle is great. Uh, Aaron Eckert is Two Face. The RGMCU. Is and we haven't talked about no. uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who you don't have to. He does so good. Man. He's great. Uh, uh, he there there was talk at one point of doing a spinoff comic book following his tenure as Batman, which I was initially like all in, like yeah, show me the furthering adventures of John Blake, and then I stopped and considered it. And John Blake is an orphan rookie police detective recently divorced from his job as a police detective with zero martial arts training no like combat training yeah. definitely not the league of shadows level training so he, he would... is 100% going to die his first time <laughs> out because he's not even nightwing right because that's no that's solely dick grayson is well, there have been a right? couple of nightwings I uh, think, dick but grayson least... was first uh, and Dick Grayson was also uh, a child gymnast circus yes. star. <laughs> yes. and, and all of these Robins, Nightwings, all of them throughout the years have been personally trained by, ba- by, by Batman. Batman. Uh, poor John Blake has none of that. At best, but he's he, got did, a- he did get the teaching of if you're going to work solo, wear a mask. Right, he got that, and he got clear the corners rookie. Clear the corners rookie. So, yeah, so he's, he's going to wear a mask, and he's going to look in every corner that he of every room that he a, goes. He's in. a really good oh. detective. He's a really Bats great to fly police to corners, person, so. um, and he's and he's he's a pretty decent fighter. And he, remember, he grew up in the orphanage, so he was he was on the streets, and he, he he's probably had street level fighting before. So it's like he's probably beat up a, a few of his. All people. right, but League of Shadows so. Batman got wrecked by Bane. So <laughs> no, right? Yeah, and plus like. 
uh, all of those suits were tailored for Bruce, who was a very muscular man. JGL, not so much. I want to see him putting like a droopy bat suit on, standing there in just front of the mirror. It. But just holding I, up his arms. I have to admit that after I watched, because I watched the, the second half of Dark Knight Rises last night, and I went immediately after it finished, I went immediately to 500 Days of Summer. And Perfect, my, yes. My favorite all-time Joseph Gordon-Levitt performance and uh um but i was like how wonderful is he in in dark knight rise i think he's great um and li- like you said the the guy who plays uh uh the congressman uh his stuff with anne hathaway is just really really fun uh, again another great action sequence that that scene in the bar when she brings brings him over you know and it's like and has to, and beats up all those guys man it's like great stuff i want to say real quick before we get into our last discussion topic um reading tv tropes for Uh this uh for dark knight rises this morning um solved a uh nine-year-old mystery for me personally Uh people people love trying to point out the uh plot holes in rises which okay there are there kind of are a few (laughs) plot holes in rises but whatever mainly it's just time shift time shift yeah but the big one has always been how the hell did bruce people always want to ask how did bruce get back to gotham right. and the answer is always he's bruce fucking wayne he's batman <laughs> yeah. he, he was going to have probably filed away in a filing cabinet somewhere he has a whole folder of if i get stuck somewhere and have to get back to gotham how do i do it somebody on tv trips however pointed out what is probably the most likely answer um uh, because the, the big things are like, okay, he was overseas with no money. Um, he could not fly into Gotham because uh, the National Guard was watching the air. Uh, he couldn't drive there because the bridges were out. How did he get in? And I am mad at myself for never realizing he fucking walked in. He walked. The, the river was frozen over. Right, yeah. And going all the way back to Batman Begins, Roz taught him to mind your surroundings and to walk and to know where to walk on ice. Yeah. All Bruce had to do was get to the river leading into Gotham and fucking walk there. Yeah. Because when they tried to send Gordon out on the ice and uh, Batman batarangs those guys, he just calmly and coolly walks out across the ice straight to them almost as though he's done it before. I read that this morning and I was like, fuck me. That's brilliant. <laughs> I can't believe in nine years I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> Anyway, Nolan rewards you for paying attention. He does. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of that, I, I, um, and this is one of the reasons why I brought up the whole, um, because uh, I was concerned that you might, Chris, might have issues with. Oh shit! I talked to you about this earlier, David. Um, uh, about about. This is great podcast. <laughs> I know about um, his, uh, Nolan's, I with Nolan's right foreshadowing of stuff. Oh, it is very on the nose sometimes. We were specifically talking about that moment at the end of Rises. Matthew where, Modine. Uh, yeah, where Gordon is talking to Foley and he's going, come on, I'm not asking you to walk down Main Street in your dress blues. Five minutes later, <laughs> yep. Foley is walking down Main Street in his dress it's, blues. It's it's a, it's a little on the nose sometimes. It is, but I feel like it's less egregious with comic books because it's much earned. like much like pro wrestling, 
comic books, you got to play. You, you play big and loud with moments, and you set up your own spots. Of course, and you set up. Okay. I think Rise has also uh, gave us gave the world the wonderful gift that was the most easily imitatable villain voice of all time, which was Bane. <laughs> it's true. It definitely did. People have not stopped doing the fucking Bane voice for nine years. It's as simple as covering your mouth and giving Pitching, a weird, yeah. yeah, giving yourself a weird pitch to your voice, and you're basically and you can breathing. get it within a minute. Somebody uh, on TV tropes. You are. You are just kind of heart. You are kind of breathing out this at the same time as you're talking too. Bruce. Uh, Somebody on TV tropes pointed out that uh, they said the the scene of him fighting Bruce uh, the first time. It's like him. It's like Tom Hardy taking you on a tour of Europe. His accent or his dialect is so all over the place. So our final discussion. Now we're going to take it back to uh, an easy answer here. Ranking the Batman actors, I made a list of all the mainstream ones over the last, uh, I'll say, 30, 40 years. A little bit longer than that. Uh, Starting with Adam West, then Michael Keaton, Val Kilmer, George Clooney, Kevin Conroy, Christian Bale, and Ben Affleck. Stan, what is your uh, ranking of the Batman actors? Um... Just because I think he redefined it and then defined it, uh, I'm going to put Christian Bale number one. I'm going to put, um, and I've talked about this before, how much I love Ben Affleck as the new Batman. Um, I, I'll put him second. Um, and then we're going to have to go, I, I guess I'm going to have to, and I haven't even seen that much of the animated Batmans, but Kevin Conroy. Um and and it's weird because this is this is what's bad for me. And why, have you played Arkham? Have you played the Arkham games? I have played some of the Arkham games. Conroy voices Batman. Is he is he the okay? Con- then yeah, yeah then yeah, he's really great. And uh, in that sense, um, uh, but what Nolan's Batman did for me is kind of destroy the earlier stuff, the Burtons and the TV versions. It kind of it kind of put me back into what I was reading back in the day with world's finest and stuff like that. And the Batman Superman team ups and the justice league team ups and stuff like that. So, um, so that, uh, so Batman was redefined for me by Nolan. So it's like, uh, it's going to put the, I, I can't even put the Clooney Val Kilmer into an order, but I'm going to say, uh, um, uh, Michael Keaton, Val Kilmer, George Clooney, and, uh, uh, just because I, I, I'm not sure if I include Adam West in that grouping because of the of the genre genre style they took mm-hmm. for it, um, but Adam West is is always going to be Adam West. Adam West. So yeah. yeah, let's let's him let's give him a category of his own. He's Adam West, like William Shatner is 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 Kirk, even though he might not be ranked as the best Kirk in a series of Kirks, but it's William Shatner. Yeah. And and he was there first, you know, so it's like in that sense. So it's going to be Bale and Affleck for me at the top. Chris, what do you think? Can I defer to you <clears throat> for a minute? I feel like my ranking is going to be wildly different from all of yours. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, mine is pretty similar to Stan's. Big surprise. Uh, number one, Christian Bale, then Ben Affleck, Michael Keaton, Kevin Conroy, Val Kilmer, Adam West, George Clooney. And I don't feel bad about that because George Clooney would have put himself at the bottom of oh, this yeah. list. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Uh, so you're wildly different list. Yes. Go for well, it. one, I can't rank Affleck because I have not seen any of his performances. Oh, okay. Uh, two, I would, yeah, I would, uh, I, 
I, I, I hate to say bottom, but yeah, I think Clooney and Kilmer, they kind of like came in. They did fine. They did. I mean, it's like, it's, with what they were given. With what they were given, they did fine. They played to the parts that as they were written. No problem there. Um, um, I would. What are the What are the rest of them again? So, like, uh, Adam West, Michael Keaton, uh, Christian Bale. Right. I would put Bale next, and then above that, I would tie Keaton and uh, Adam West because oh, and- they both. I think they both hit the right. They struck both struck the right chord for Batman with what they were doing, mm-hmm. B- with the darker sense of of what uh, the '89 one was and the the wild camp of the '60s, which wasn't which wasn't West's fault because that had everything to do with how they had cracked down and the, you know, they were in the midst of the Silver Age in terms of Batman yeah. stories. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then did I miss anybody? Conroy. Conroy's number one I of that list, but. I am going to throw out another voice actor that you uh, you wouldn't be familiar with. And Stan, you would like this show, too, talking about World's Finest and everything else. The show Cartoon Network did a few years ago, uh, Batman the Brave and the Bold, which is entirely the Silver Age Batman yes. stuff. And Batman is voiced by Diedrich Bader, who really? most people would remember as uh, the neighbor from Office Space or uh, one of Drew Carey's friends on the Drew Carey yes. show. But he has done a prolific amount of voice work over the past couple of decades, and he voiced Batman on that show. He's got an amazing, rich, deep voice, gruff, that he used on that show, and it was key to making that show as good as it was, because not only was the writing good, but him playing stoic, gruff Batman as straight as possible, going through all these insane adventures, really helped make the show as good as it was. And that kind of that kind of goes full circle with... With Patton Oswalt's Modoc <laughs> for me. Um, I almost uh, just went like a more complete list. I was going to include David Mazuz from Gotham. Right. I have no idea if I said that right. Ian Glenn from Titans. And see, I, and see I, I know why Diedrich Bader wouldn't have been on that list again, because it's yeah. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like these are these are less mainstream things. They were pretty popular at the time, but not, they wouldn't have come through. And, uh, You've seen... The Titans ver- No, I haven't. Uh, I've only seen screenshots of Ian Glenn as, and I don't even know if I'm saying Ian correctly for his, uh, for the pronunciation of his name. Because I, I didn't know they did the Batman in that. To be yeah. a completionist, you could also start throwing out the other voices that they've done for the animated movies. Too. Well, I was going to say Peter Weller. Yes. As older Batman in uh, Dark Knight Returns and. Will Arnett, right? Is it Will Arnett? Will Arnett did the Lego Batman. That's right. Yeah. And it's it's fun. It, again, it fits exactly exactly. It fits exactly for that movie. He's my favorite because it, it's it's he, he's more of a blowhard in that movie. He's yeah. more bravado than anything else. Yes. All right, and finally, um, we've got the Batman coming out next year. Mm-hmm. A movie that I could not possibly be more excited about. I think I have watched the trailer for the Batman more times than any other trailer in movie history. Um, Robert Pattinson joins the long line of people who looked at the casting and went, what the fuck is that? Which they did with Michael Keaton yep. in the eighties. They were like, why is Mr. Mom being Batman? Yeah. They did it with Bale. They yeah. really did it with Affleck. Mm hmm. Um, and now it's like that kid from Twilight is Bruce Wayne. What the it's, fuck? It, and it's even true in MCU. Every time they've come out with, here's who's going to be, you know, one of our flagship characters. Like, why them? Right. Uh, so finally, the very last question is uh, just a prediction. Once the Batman comes out, uh, where do you think 
Rob Pattinson is going to fall in the list of rankings that you just made. Stan, what do you think? I'm really hoping that this is a this is a new powerful version of the Batman and that uh he can he has the potential of either being in between uh Affleck and uh Bale for me. So either second or second. So um uh and but he also has a potential if it's not that great of a film that it be, it, it would be because of him you know or that well yeah be, that's a lot to carry on your shoulders yes and uh uh which would drop him but but i think from what i've seen and it was it was like it's like what happened with ben affleck it's like i wasn't sure about ben affleck as batman but then i'm like well he's 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 aged into that gruff yeah. exterior of the older Batman, the guy who's been around for a while. Um, so, and then, then we see the fight scenes from the, uh, uh, Batman Snyder, versus Superman. Uh, yes, the Batman versus Superman. And, uh, and then what he does in the injustice league, injustice league, the Snyder cut. Um, I should just he, be here to fill in sentences he, for he, you constantly. He became he became very 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 much the Batman. So it's like I think Pattinson has the same kind of potential as that. So I'm going to write down my hourly rate to be your translator. I'm just going to slide this across the table. You tell me if you accept. No, I Chris, have that, I um, have that affliction. Hold on, he's not done, Dave. <laughs> where do you think Rob Pattinson is going to fall on your list? Um, if I predict it right, uh, I and I hope. He does well. Um, I would say he'd probably tie with either Bale or on my list or tie with uh, Keaton and West. Nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm in the same boat as Stan here. I think um, he's probably going to end up being between Bale and Affleck. Um, I mean, even if he falls short and he comes in, you know, between Affleck and Keaton, that's still pretty high. That's pretty high. Here's yeah. the thing. It won't be from lack of effort because we've seen how much how, how hard he goes and stuff that's not Twilight. Yeah, exactly. Stan and I were talking about this uh, Man, yesterday. Was, that was the most paycheck dead inside I've ever seen an actor. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he has talked about how much he hated that he experience. He said so on the commentaries. <laughs> uh, anybody who didn't, you know, who doesn't think Pattinson can handle handle the role, I say, uh, go and watch Cosmopolis. Cosmopolis. Go and watch Tenet. Rob Pattinson Tenet, yes. is a great fucking actor. He's just like Kristen Stewart. Everyone was like, oh, that girl from Twilight. Kristen Stewart's a great fucking actress when she's allowed to work in something yeah. that's not Twilight. But anyway, that is our discussion of the Dark Knight trilogy. So uh, next month, we are going to continue our Nolan discussion by talking about the film Inception. Inception is next. Um, so again, we're kind of, I might just keep talking about dark Knight. All right. <laughs> again, we're kind of jumping around the timeline here, uh, of chron- uh, chronology because rises came out in 12. Yeah. I'm just going to abbreviate everything I say now. Dark Knight Rises came out in 2012. Uh, Inception came out in 2010. So we're going back a little bit. That's something I, I forgot to mention that, I mean, that came out same year as Avengers. Yeah. Like it hit in May. That was another big fucking summer. Yeah, I remember saying to Dave, and I was absolutely right. I was like, I'm going to love both of those movies for different reasons. Mm-hmm. And I did. Yeah. Man, thinking about it, Nolan, I'm sure he wouldn't have wanted to take it on and keep doing it. Man, Nolan should have handled DC. Right, instead of just being the executive producer. He, Because he really knows how to... Str- and I know Snyder's redeemed himself in a lot of people's eyes and really hide it out of the park 
with Justice League, but man, the tone that Snyder seems to go for a lot of time is what Nolan just already does. Mm-hmm. He because he 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 hits that that sincerity and severity, and then there's always that little bit of light too. Yeah, and. If we're not going to go in that direction, then after uh, seeing the Suicide Squad, I say just put it in James Gunn's hands. Yeah. Um, But anyway, uh, so that's going to wrap us up. Coming up uh, Thursday night, and so probably coming out on Friday, we're doing a very special episode of This is a Takeover with Shelby Ray Patterson. This is going to be interesting to hear. Yep, with Shelby Ray Patterson and Gina Belmont, where they discuss the future of NXT and all the various changes that have been made over the last couple of weeks. And if they officially called it NXT 2.0. Oh, boy. Um, so Stan, if people want to reach out to you online, where can they find you at? I started an Instagram. Okay. Account. Thank you, Stan. Oh, wait, you actually started saying yeah. something this time. I'm I, so sorry. I, I have an Instagram account. Bullshit. <laughs> Bullshit. What's your Insta handle, Stan? Insta Stan. It should have been. I bet it's not though. It should have been. I'm going to search. I want I want our listeners to search for that later. And if it's not you, we I, I want you to send him hate mail. I will. I will personally, if you if you tell me it's not true, I will personally next podcast just start by calling him a fucking liar. Um, I'm, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to I'm going to look. Chris, where can people find you online at? Well, oh, I'm I, on Twitter at Chris the OK. If you want to uh, come and you know argue with me and it's OK, OK, a Y. Just in case that was keeping you from reaching out to me, but it's not. All right. So there is an Insta Stan. It's Stan Watuski. <laughs> There's Insta Stanless. They're just Stanless. Insta Stan 666. That appears to be a woman. Uh, there's Insta. Insta. Jesus. God. Insta Stangram. A man named Stanley Stewart. Uh, Insta underscore Stan, ironically with a picture of Batman as his picture. Has someone taken Instagram? Uh, there's another uh, name, Insta Stan, Stephen Looker, Insta Stan X, Insta Stan dot KZ. There are so many of these on here. You really pick, should have picked a better one before you, you decided to lie to us. You fucking liar. Anyway, if you want to reach out to me online, you can do so on Instagram <laughs> at DB Hensley. That took an extra like five minutes. It did. You <laughs> lying liar. If you want to keep up with Long Walk Productions, you I'm can visit us news. online at longwalk.us or you can search for Long Walk Productions and Long Walk Podcasts on Facebook to see more of our original work or hear past episodes of any of our podcasts that are no longer streaming you can follow the youtube links in the show notes thank you very much for listening and as always if you enjoy this show or any of the shows on the long walk podcast network please make sure to leave us a rating and a review on whatever platform you are listening on if you'll excuse me i need to set stan's pants on fire